We are at the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center during a work day. We're talking with Susan Muckey, Sacramento County Master Gardener. She's in charge of composting and vermiculture here in the uh, back of the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center. And she just told me, I asked her, well, as we go from summer to fall, uh, are there certain things we should be doing with our worm bins or our worms? And she said, oh, I let the worms tell me what they need. Well, that bears further study, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. So here's the worm whisperer, Susan Muckey, and she's going to translate for us. Okay. What, what do the worms tell you? They're kind of like people. When it's 60 degrees, you might wear a T-shirt and shorts. When it's 80 degrees, you might wear a sleeveless T-shirt and shorter shorts. When it's 40 degrees, you might wear a pair of pants and a long sleeve shirt. This could occur in September. And so you kind of want to just see what the weather is like. Now, as it gets hotter and hotter in our, in our Septembers, we need to make sure that our worm bins have enough moisture. And you, you need to make sure that they are um, being fed enough because as it's warmer, worms are much more active. And so they eat more, they produce babies more. As it gets colder, they kind of slow down, sort of like us. And so when it comes, say, October, you're going to notice you don't need to keep them wet as much. You don't need to feed them as much. You, you, you kind of maybe want to throw a towel in there to keep them warmer. Now, think about throwing a towel in there. If it's a totally uh, cotton, uh, don't expect it back because they will eat it. <laughs> I did that one year. I said, oh, I'm going to be really nice to my worms. I'm going to throw some old towels in there. Next time I went out there, they'd eaten the whole thing. I picked it up, and I could see through it. <laughs> okay, so they hadn't eaten the whole thing. They just gnawed through it. Well, basically, in towels and a lot of cotton products, there's this sizing, and it's made out of polyester. And that's what they do not eat is the polyester. It's the same thing with produce stickers. Produce stickers, they will not eat. They, they kind of tell you what they're going to eat and what they're not going to eat. Now, some of my colleagues say, oh, my worms don't like celery, or my worms don't like broccoli or cauliflower, well, they're not tough love mothers or fathers like us. We are tough love mothers and fathers. We just feed them everything. If they don't like it, tough. They'll get around to it eventually. <laughs> yes. So that, that's basically, and like I said, they tell you what they need as, as terms of temperature. It doesn't have anything to do with the seasons. In the wintertime, you're going to notice they don't really do much. They're, they're just trying to survive. They're usually down at the bottom of the bin, and they're a lot of times just huddled together because they're trying to keep warm and they're just trying to basically survive. So the colder it gets, it kind, they're kind of like us. You know, in the, in the wintertime, we kind of huddle together too to keep warm. Temperatures for a worm bin, I guess, are like between basically, what, 50 and 70 is ideal? I would say between 40 and 80. I mean, it depends on the the person too, because I say they're they're kind of like us. Well, my husband likes it between seventy and a hundred. I like it more between 
60 and 80. But the worms are comfortable and functioning between 40 and 80. Once it gets hotter than that, you know, you really want to be, be mindful if you've got your worm bin outside. You don't want it in sun exposure. Uh, you might want to put it under a porch or you might want to, like mine are in my barn. And so the, the temperature is usually cooler in there in the summertime and hotter, warmer in the wintertime. Now, you mentioned the woman who had trouble getting uh, her worms to eat broccoli and celery. And yes, one solution is tell them that you're sitting here at the dining room table until you finish. But you gave us a tip a while back that really, really works. And I'm so glad I invested $20 in a cheap Hamilton Beach blender to take all our foodstuffs and really make a soup out of it or a pico de gallo, if you will. And they really love that. Yes. Worms don't have teeth. And so... In order to for them to access it, because they kind of suck the 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 goo in into their mouth, since they don't have like a straw. Think of a straw, and and so what they like best is the gooey stuff that's in the back of your refrigerator when you forgot to to clean it out for a while. And so by blending it up, you're speeding up the process of decomposition. You're breaking down the fibers. Another way to do that without spending twenty dollars for a blender is to put it in the freezer because that tends to break things down too. Now, the problem with putting your worm scraps in the freezer is be sure to label them carefully because I have actually taken them out for dinner and found out that it's actually worm food. So, uh, yeah, well, how did it taste? <laughs> it went to the worms. <laughs> it, went, it went back to the worms. And I should point out, it wasn't a blender I bought. The $20 thing was a food processor, uh, one cup food processor. So it's a lot of food processing going on there. But it's amazing uh, how quickly all that food disappeared. Yes, yes. And certain foods also will disappear faster than broccoli and cauliflower. Those are kind of more complex, say, than uh, sugary foods, such as as melons, cantaloupe, watermelon, that kind of thing. The worms are a lot like children. They like their sweets. And those things are less complex than, say, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. And so that breaks down a lot quicker. Uh, a lot of times when you throw cantaloupe rinds in there, all you'll find in a couple of days is just the netting over the... You know, and that that's kind of fun. <laughs> so. well, you gave me an idea what to do with my spoiled raspberries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll love it. I, I put my figs in there, figs that I didn't quite get to soon enough. They, they really love it. They, they're very happy. Another thing, when you're worried about how much moisture is in your worm bin, you can overkill your worms with love especially moisture and, and too much food. So you have to be really careful and mindful of how quickly they're eating things up. So in the wintertime, you want to make sure the, the bedding is moist, but you also want to make sure that the food is disappearing. And if you've got too much food in there, you're going to create a, uh, a lot of too much moisture in there, and they'll, they'll probably die. Having a drain on a worm bin, too, is a very good idea. Yes, you... If you don't have holes in the bottom of your worm bin, run to your drill right now and put them in there because they really do need, uh, you know, some place for that excess moisture to go. Then what do you put under your worm bin? You could put a tray. If it's outside, you could put uh, bricks underneath it so it would just sort of run in, into the soil. What season is it best, or what, when do the worms tell you 
give me my own new worm bin. There's too many of us in here. It's kind of like that sourdough starter when you start seeing too many. And, and they will, will overpopulate if they're happy. I mean, you can always tell a happy worm bin if there's a ton of worms. And you can just be a, a good friend to your friends and, and, and give them a, a cup full of worms. They will really appreciate it. My worm bins are always really, really big, and so I've never really had that problem. So, and I have four worm bins, so I just redistribute as needed. And, of course, that product that's at the bottom of the bin, worm casting, great soil amendment. Oh, yeah. It's, it's excellent. When the, the food goes through the worm, it comes out into this most glorious nutrient. And we can't really say it's a fertilizer because none of the, the NPK is high enough measurably high enough to to call it a fertilizer but the soil and the plants just love it it's sort of a reciprocal agreement between the plants and the soil when you put that worm compost in there it it helps feed the plants it helps transport things to the soil and and to the uh the roots and and so it's miracle stuff it's full of microbial activity it is it is supposedly there's do you know offhand how many thousands are in a teaspoon no. I don't either. <laughs> I only remember stuff I absolutely need to. <laughs> All right. So with worms, it, it, it's, it's interesting that uh, they're so easy to care for, but you do have to go in there and check them a couple times a week. I do. I, I probably once a week. I'm, I'm a sort of a tough love mother. Uh, it depends too on the season. In the, in the wintertime, uh, I have a lot of citrus and citrus is one of the things you absolutely do not want to put in your, com- in your worm compost. I do put it in my regular compost. Some people don't put it in their compost, but I do because I'm a slow composter. So I, I don't care if it takes a while for them to break down, but there's a, a material or, or the, the the rind there's an oil around the the citrus and it's toxic to worms bodies and so you really don't want that in you know you don't want them exposed to that because if you put too many in there that it would it would kill them i'm sure at this point a lot of people are asking well what else besides citrus should i not feed my worms I do not put garlic, I do not put onions, and I do not put pineapple in there. Now, like I said, a lot of my colleagues are a lot more particular about what they feed their worms because they said, well, my worms don't like this. But those are things that you don't want to feed your worms because of the acidity and um, maybe the pungence. I don't know, maybe they don't want worm uh, garlic on their breath. I don't know. I, too, would think you'd want to avoid oils or foods coated in oil. That's right. Now, with our new compost program that the, that the state or the state of California has uh, initiated, we have an, an organic bin, which used to be our green waste bin, and we can put anything in there that's organic. That was originally organic, but in a worm bin, you don't want to put anything that's dairy. You don't want to put any cheeses, any oily things, anything like that, that would be rancid. They don't break down very quickly. So no processed foods. No processed foods. Right. 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 Wow. That's a lot of good worm information as you transition from summer to fall with tips for growing worms the year round so you can harvest those castings. Susan Muckey is a master gardener here in Sacramento County. Worm expert, obviously. Susan, be looking for you on the bike trail. Thanks. I'll try and see you one of these days.